Hi, I'm Dr. Kyla, paediatric dietitian, fussy eating specialist, and mum of two. I'm the founder of the online Mealtimes memberships that help parents just like you experience a confident and guilt-free way of feeding children. I'm also a business owner, a hot cross bun lover, and my superpower is finding things that you cannot live without. In this podcast, I'm talking about feeding your family, along with a random selection of topics that tickle my fancy. Welcome to Mealtimes with Dr. Kyla. All right. So today's guest is my friend and colleague, Nicole Pates from Western Kids Health. She's also the host of the Baby Banter podcast and perhaps best known as Nicole Kids Physio on Instagram. Nick and I have worked together for years now. So she set up her first clinic in Perth at a time when I was running my home visiting, fussy eating service, and that was just getting too big for me to travel around. And so I actually worked out of Nicole's clinic uh, for a number of years, which is where we kind of established our friendship. Um, And the places, like the space that Nick creates in her work for both health professionals to work in and for families to attend for allied healthcare is incredible. Like I cannot tell you about these spaces in enough detail. Like I want you to go and stalk Nick's Instagram and the Western Kids Health Instagram, but they're spaces that kids want to go to and the therapy that they offer is first class like this is my standard referral for families to go and see an allied health um, professional in more recent times as well they've set up um, the western kids health feeding team which we might touch on um, which has actually evolved from my own service and has been something that we've worked collaboratively to create and something that i'm still involved in mentoring with um this is a very long intro and poor nick's just sitting there waiting but she and i are now good friends and we catch up with two other business owners really regularly for dinner and wine and chats about mm-hmm the highs and lows of running a business. And I think we'll talk about that. But anyway, that's how I know Nick. And it's my pleasure to welcome her to the podcast. Hi. I'm so honoured to be here. Yeah, it's just, I said to you before that I'm incredibly nervous. And as I said, I am a hitting interviewer. I am like here to ask all the hard questions. Hey, I go to dinner with you about business stuff. I know the hard hitting questions, the reflection, the yeah, no, amazing. You're amazing. Thank you so much for having me on today. Oh, my pleasure. My pleasure. Now we are going to start with the entree. So, in with each of my guests, I'm really interested to hear about your experience of mealtimes as a kid. So tell me about mealtimes in your household. I know you grew up in the country. I think that had a role on your mealtimes as well? Yeah. So I don't, I don't know if I've told you, Kyla, but my dad um, was a professional fisherman. So he fished all the time and we ate a lot of fish, dewfish, snapper, shark, like all the good stuff which I'm now only really appreciating that it was such good fish. Um, and my husband jokes that that is the only reason why I'm quite clever because apparently fish helps your brain grow. I was just going to say that explains your smarts, Nick. <laughs> well, because I didn't eat much else. So basically we had really simple meals as a kid growing up and we rotated through chops, sausages and fish and then roast or mashed potatoes with peas and carrots. So it was pretty basic as a family which I'll come like I can talk about a little bit later but Friday night and Friday nights was like the fend for yourself night because all the neighbors would come around so it's just it was basically like nibbles for dinner and then nibbles for dinner is one of my favorite childhood memories though Friday night nibbles for dinner with the family friends is just like yeah and like like the craziness of it all um yeah yeah it was um it was pretty 
basic growing up and dinner, like, it was really regular. So really regular. Every night, like, 6 o'clock news would come on. So, you know, like, I'd watch ABC till 6 p.m., whatever it was. And then Roger Ramjet? Yeah, and then 6 o'clock, well, in the country it was like that. Don't you open the trap door. You're a fool. <laughs> yeah. And so, like, that would finish. The news would come on. Mum would serve dinner. And Dad would watch the news and Mum would read a book. And my sisters are much older. So by the time I was, like, seven, they were um, one had moved out of home and one had was finishing, like, towards the end of high school. So dinners were really quiet but together. So, like, I just kind of, like, pushed around my lumpy mashed potatoes. <laughs> were you a adventurous eater as a kid or were you a fairly, did, like, the predictable same foods work for you? Mm, so my grandma was a shocking, well, she wasn't known for her cooking, and actually, I think I got maybe two or three bouts of food poisoning after eating. <laughs> and like, she didn't even have a proper oven. It was like one of those, you know, those like metal hearth ovens that you had to chop wood in, like powder pencil and gretel, like the witch. Anyway, but you know, so she wasn't a very good cook, God rest her soul. Um, and mum wasn't as product of that a very good cook and I think that's where mum mum has like a basic food eating so she she still eats to this day sausages chicken fish mashed potato or roast potato from like and then packaged stuff but nothing else like and so like the vegetables always came out of the packet yeah. like and heated in the microwave and like so I mum was self-taught but I've obviously inherited <laughs> the lack of kitchen mouse and cooking skills probably from lack of exposure I feel like that's part of your identity now though you can't branch out from that <laughs> and it's really hard so I remember mum and dad went out for dinner when I you were like sent me through some, I was like oh what can I remember mum and dad went out for dinner when I was 16 and they're like are you going to be okay and I was like yeah they're like got this like, anything maybe I was 15 and um I nearly burnt the house down because I didn't realize two things so one you had to add water to the rice when you put it in the rice cooker in the microwave. And so like, I was like, what's that smell? Like three minutes in and it was like a hole in the bottom of the fire. I was like, but, you know, not one to give up. I was like, oh, I'll try again. But then I didn't realise you couldn't put a fork in the microwave. <laughs> My mum and dad would come home and like, house blowing out the microwave. I'm like, I'm so sorry. I'm really hungry. Did you bring me anything? But like you said, so, you could fend for yourself. <laughs> I tried. I tried really hard. So, yeah, that was um, it's just really I'm just not a very good cook. So that was that was my growing up. Oh, yeah, that was my growing up experience. Um, what about now as a parent? What's your experience of mealtimes as a parent? Um, or since you've met your husband as well, who is much more of a cook, I think. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay, so, yeah, my husband, that probably does play into my childhood experience. I've forgotten about my lovely husband. So Ben, my <laughs> husband now, um, we're older now. So we're, what are we, 35. We actually met going into year eight. So like at the uniform shop before you started high school. And I was like, blow me down. But um, we hit it on, sorry, getting blushing memories. We, we hit it off immediately and became best friends. So we kind of had like a, maybe a month dating period in year eight and then it was a bit too serious so we just decided to be friends and we were best friends and now I think about it I'm like oh gosh but like I would go around to his house probably towards 
the end of year eight, start of year nine for dinner. And the first time I went to his house for dinner, he's a twin and his older sister's only like a couple of years older than him. And there, I just remember being like overwhelmed by the noise at the dinner table. So like good, good, but loud. And I was so scared of his parents and they put this food on the table and I was like, what is this stuff? And I was like, I had no idea. And, you know, you don't want to offend people by not eating them. So what I was, was like, it? What is it? And they're like, oh, it's a curry. And I was like, oh. Like, I have no idea. I, I don't know. Maybe I lived in an ignorant world in a, you know, egocentric. Well, if you didn't eat curry before then, we weren't going out. Yes, and, we? like, you know, like I probably was exposed to foods that I hadn't thought about but only because like at family functions, but I avoided them because I was like, I don't know what they are, so I don't, I don't just want to eat it. I'll just eat the sausages. Anyway, so I was like, like, curry, and I was like, oh, curry, okay. And they were looking at me and like, you know when like everyone's watching when you take the first bite and whole, like, I think I nearly exploded and they were all like trying not to laugh. I drank like the whole milk bottle and then one of those families don't drink much milk and so like it was all that was left in the fridge. And so, and they were like, have you never had this before? And I was like, oh, no, no, no. And so I was, I think I avoided going there for dinner for like weeks. And he's like, please come back round. And we had a roast. He's like, it's a roast. So I can do that. I can do a roast. We do a roast every Sunday. I know what to expect. But my God, cauliflower cheese, that opened like (laughs) a whole new, whole new world for me. I didn't even know that existed. And I was like, what is this creamy cheese? So they were like, like, oh, we're introducing Nicole to new vegetables, to cheese. <laughs> and so that was like then the joke. And that's how and then that's how I learned vegetables was there. But then also at my at my job at the supermarket scanning the vegetables in. I was like, what's this? And they're like, oh, it's a you know, a cucumber and a mountain of zucchinis I put through anyway. Um, it was confusing back then you had the burpless cucumbers and the regular oh, cucumbers. And like you had the it wasn't even like the cool touch screens, like you had to remember the like in codes vegetables um but yeah so my little young experience was very like regular foods and then meeting Ben was like my exposure to new foods which was a bit of a scary journey but you couldn't really offend so it was like a yeah it was tricky but it was fun it was fun and how does that influence now feeding your own kids because you've got two kids what seven and three three yeah so Claire's three and a half actually she's probably closest to four yeah scares the life out of me um and Will's seven and a half on his way to eight so they're actually getting really old um how does it affect my journey now with my kids and how we do well I'm well I'm a really terrible cook and when I was a stay-at-home parent so about two years ago maybe a year and a half ago I was the stay the primary caregiver and I probably was for the majority of Will's life and like half of Claire's life so far almost. And I was just, it was really stressful cooking like dinner every night. It's really hard and I I just can't like understand a recipe. It feels really foreign and like the timing of getting things to cook at the same time and be ready and so saying things are always cold. And it, yeah, anyway, yeah, it's just it's just a lot. And knowing what the ingredient, like the ingredients, there's multiple things for the same name so like I made an apple crumble and Ben like spat it out and was wiping his tongue and I was like what what what's wrong and he's like well there's breadcrumbs for apple crumble and then there's breadcrumbs that you batter fish in and you've used the wrong ones so like I put batter crumble whatever it is all over the 
breadcrumbs don't go in crumble anyway. I feel like somebody it's sold so you down funny. the river with that. I'm looking, so I'm like Googling, like I don't know what's right and wrong. Um, and I thought I would buy a Thermomix to solve all my problems. That didn't help either. And I remember that um, this is like the epitome of my like cooking is, well, it's probably, we should probably talk about the leak saga, but um, <laughs> when we was little, like um, we were quite sick, all sick, you know, like pre-virus, like virus times. His mum had made, um, Ben's mum had made like a shepherd's pie and put it in the freezer. And like I got it out and like heated up and Will came to the table and he's like, Oh my god, mum, this is the best thing you have ever made. Like, I don't know what you did, but it's so, it's so good. Like, can you do this more often? And I was like, oh. <laughs> I was like, this is grandma's food reheated, mate. And he's like, Oh, oh, and even it's like a five-year-old, he's like new to backpedal. I was like, oh, I'm just I don't know. So I think it sounds anyway. like something to outsource, my friend. Yeah, well, so I rotated through the same basic sausages, chops, fish and vegetables, but I did make, like, I did make my, like, chop the carrots and stuff myself. Um, And actually, Will and I grew lots of veggies in our tiny, tiny vegetable patch at home. And we grew corn and we had, like, one or two corn ears. Like, we would grow things. We wouldn't get very much, but it was almost like a thing we would do together to be outside and grow and then eat it. So that was really nice. A year and a half ago, Ben and I swapped. So he became a stay-at-home parent. And at first, like, we ate we ate gourmet for, like, three months because he was like, I'm I'll show you how it's done. He is, he is. He is. <laughs> we always joke that him and his twins should go on My Kitchen Rules because they would, like, that he's he's um, adverse to social media and reality TV. And, but then he realised the absolute grind of parenthood and went back to, like, not a bit more repertoire than what I have but um back to like rotating things and you know class three so lots of it is beige yeah yeah love it yeah what does a typical family meal look like in your house is it as loud as Ben's family when they were younger or is it more subdued like your family oh it's like we're all present so we try and have like a no phone rule at dinner and especially at dinner um can so that we're there um sometimes we facetime like our family into dinner so it can get a bit loud like his his the cousins or grandmas or nanas or just like to mix up dinner time you know sometimes when you had a little bit maybe too much of parenting that day. but um we do a we, lot of facetimes to melbourne nanny yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> and like the kids love it but um so we we probably when i get home from work and ben um, either tracks me on the Find Your Family app or um, I text him the wrong way. And he can, t- I don't know how he does that. He times dinner. So, like, I'm home and on the t- I'm like, how do you do this? It's magic. Yeah. And we always talk about, like, it's probably not as loud, but they're younger still. So, I don't know. Um, but it's not, we don't ever really talk about the food. It's always like, what's ha- what good has happened in your day or like, what's something that, was a bit tricky or like what are you what something kind you did today so we kind of try and like focus it around the day and Claire's like makes stuff up because she's three and she's like I went to do this and we're like we're looking at her like really did you Hmm, visit the queen that sounds cool yeah Um, she's got a great imagination but yeah so it's not as loud but it's it's more present and it's yeah it's it's very like I don't know still like I find it hard the expectation around sitting at the dinner table because 
like I'm the one who like you know how you're the one getting up to get the water like yeah. and they want this and you have to get a different source and then they've got the wrong fork and like yeah you know you're trying to like yeah yeah okay but then like by the time I sit down they're finished and um, and we're like we kind of have to stay at the table for everyone to finish eating and like that expectation of trying to eat together but then trying not to over expect too much of them being so young so we managed to, to most of the time sit together until we've all finished if I can eat fast yeah <laughs> but yeah but then Ben and I usually sit at the table longer and the kids go off and do stuff and we like have a debrief about the day too so that's oh. good what yeah. time do you generally eat dinner usually between 5 30 and 6 30 early dinner so like, yeah um, and I think because Ben is like day at home now that he finds that that works sometimes it's a bit later so but um most of the time like the kids like I try, like if I'm trying to leave the cooking like they'll be falling asleep at the table and we'll like they're like you're hungry and, yeah like, from fridge and yeah it's a bit tricky but we get there do you guys plan your menu in advance or does Ben decide on the day so Ben is one of those amazing people. Maybe it's just regular people. Maybe I'm not like, but he can look in the fridge and like see like meals from the stuff. I don't know how. So he tries to like base it off what's currently in the fridge or the freezer. Whereas like if I'm cooking, I have to like be like, I have to go out and buy all these things. And then we end up with like eight of the same sauce because I didn't know that we were like bamboo shoots, whatever it is, like that we've already got. So he kind of, I think he has like a rotating plan in his head, but he doesn't have to write it. Like he's actually really, and like he doesn't have recipes and he doesn't, he just like take to measure. And I'm like, I don't know, never going to live up to this expectation. So you, you can just run with it. When he was like 17 and he, we were really hungover from a party once, like I thought I would get up and make him bacon and eggs, like really kind. And I think they're like, they were the driest, like, crunchiest and he he was like he's he's like oh my god thank you and then he took a bite he's like spat it out he's like I'm sorry but I just can't eat this he's like I'm dehydrated already I don't need you to give me some like dry cardboard eggs years of therapy to get that like I just I just I just try but I'm yeah that's cold what is your family's favorite dinner and why do you think that meal in particular is such a winner Mm, the kids love spaghetti. Oh, I think I'm going to die if I see another bowl of spaghetti. But, <laughs> Do you have it with sauce? Yeah, and Ben, like, makes it all from scratch. So And, like, we do it so we, like, make a big part sauce, like, with the meat and stuff and, free, like, bag it and freeze it flat. Like, and the kids just love it with the pasta. Claire will eat mostly just the pasta. Yeah. Um, but we will eat it all and like everybody loves every love girl who loves spaghetti basically I'm not a huge fan at the moment so we're trying to be doing a little bit broader but I would say the kids love anything that's like a serve yourself from the middle so like burritos or um wraps or different things like that so like when they're in kind of control of what they're putting in and like it just reduces everyone's anxiety a lot around like not like that they won't eat but you know like if the sauce touches the wrong thing and then you have to wipe the plate so that like it's maintaining that like calm feeling because dinner's at the end of the day and often things are a bit yeah but um they love the serving themselves meals so we're trying to do more of those I feel you can I just clarify Ben's not making pasta from scratch though is he sometimes oh my god I know but you know like 
sometimes I think he realizes he's over ambitious and then yeah. I just laugh at myself. Um, We've all been like, there. <laughs> yeah. So I, he tried to be the fun parent with the slime bath ones, and that was disaster um but now he he likes to if we've got time and no plans him and will like do the whole like make pasta and put it through and and do like i don't know is it fettuccine the long flat ones yeah anyway or like one day we even made ravioli but kind of like it gets to the point where it runs a bit like mm, but then pushes through but um most this of the is time memory making <laughs> oh yeah not for the right reason no <laughs> but um yeah no nah, he Ben, ben loves it. So, and like we've watched so much. Like, if we're watching TV together as a family, it is like YouTube cooking. Yeah, wow. Mm. You must love that. Yeah. Eh? Mm. It's so great. I feel so inspired. Um, it has helped me like learn how to chop an onion, which is good. <laughs> my husband had to teach me how to chop an onion. He was appalled by my knife skills when we first met. I'm a little bit stubborn. So, poor Ben would love to teach me, but I get quite. Um, same. <laughs> not teachable. <laughs> what is the one food that your kids won't eat despite you offering it regularly? Mm, Claire, crust on bread. <laughs> and will spicy food. Yeah. Like me. So like he just like he like he will try. Like he tries most things, but he's just like <gasps> and like I just even like the smallest amount of kick and we're both like I water his milk. But he yeah, so he just just like wipes the sauce off the chicken now and he like nibbles it anyway. But yeah, spicy food for real. How mm. funny. Um, is there mm. anything you guys find challenging about food and meal times other than the actual like cooking, preparing every day kind of thing? Oh um, yeah. Um when Will was little, you weren't like we'd only kind of that was like seven and a half, seven years ago, and we kind of just met, like, face-to-face. Instagram wasn't no. really a thing. And he, like, he liked food. Like, he did like, and he went through that baby phase where they eat anything. But then when he hit the toddler period, it became super stressful from the, like, he wasn't, he wouldn't eat or he would, you know, not eat at all. Or, like, you know, and we, Ben and I both, like, Super, I guess, like our experience, Ben's mealtime experience was always like finish your plate. So Ben and I argue about that a lot because I never finish. I'm one of those people that like leaves a little bit on my plate. Just I don't know why, but it's probably the mashed potatoes coming back to me. Um, <laughs> yeah, he, he would finish. So he would get really frustrated if we didn't finish when like it was a sign of disrespect. And so it was really stressful. And like, you know, we had the like lining up of Smarties and the like, you need to eat five mouthfuls and they're like, you can't have this if you don't. Eat. And, like, it was it was really stressful. I actually remember discussing that with you yeah. early on and yeah. both of you actually saying that you didn't like the feeling of it but you didn't no. know. It wasn't like you could suggest another way or that no. Ben felt confident that you could do it without a reward. I remember that. Yeah, and, like, I think partly that's. Not, not, I don't even know if it's his experience growing up, but like, you know, it's the first time you're parenting. And I think it came back to more that we didn't want to feel like we didn't want to fail, Will. And like eating is a sign of like, if they eat, it's a sign of success and all of those different things. And we didn't really know another way. And then, like, obviously, we've had lots of conversations, but it was really hard for me, like, because I'm a health professional and I work with kids. You know how I said I don't let Ben teach me to cook because I'm stubborn. It's almost like I can't give any 
health professional advice to Ben because, like, vice versa. It's not it's not an ego thing. It's just sometimes it's better coming from someone else. So I think he, once Claire was born and with the lockdowns and all of those and then, like, her journey was so different with reflux and she was really adverse to that first part of introducing solids and, and feeding, what some people call weaning. I don't know why. It's not how I think of it. Yeah, she was kind of really, like, it was, was stressful in a different way. And so we both did our own research as such. And like that's when things really started to shift at the dinner table because we were trying to help Claire, but in 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 it also helped Will and it helped us too. So now like we barely talk about what's on their plate or what's on their food, other than like we might say, I'm trying to make a rainbow with our own food. Yeah. Like, you know, whatever we're talking about, like what we like about the food, but not them. Um, but like that pressure has totally shifted off. So like the pressure is not now around by how much they eat, all the things that you you talk about. But um, yeah, it, it took a while to get there, and it was pretty it's pretty hard at times. Yeah, yeah. Mm. I think it's really interesting though, and it's probably not dissimilar to what you do. But like mm. when you face a challenge in parenting, mm. I mean, or in life, I feel like there's this thought in all of us like, I need to try harder. Like I need to make this happen I need to fix this thing the fixing yeah yeah and it's like actually in this space with food and meal times often we don't actually need to make it more of a deal it's actually about taking the pressure off all of us but it can be really hard to accept that that is a a reasonable solution isn't it especially as a first-time parent it's like right you got to make this work and like I think also, as a first-time parent, like you're, like I was trying to figure out my, I guess, like mum way, like how I wanted to parent, and Ben was trying to figure out his way. But then we're also dealing with like our own stuff and our own like workplaces or social circles or shifts and stuff, and it's just like, it's a lot. Like there's it like when you become a parent, like everything shifts. Even if you don't, like, you can say as much as you want, you don't want it to, but it does. And I think that validating that we were both trying to just figure it out and that no one had to be right. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the being, the, the, the trying to find a right way or to fix things, like, just leads to just stress and discomfort and, you know, arguments because actually it's not really a right right way. Like, it depends on your values and your families and all of all of those things so like once we got to that stage and we figured out what best worked for us like it was a lot easier I don't know and I do think there's a challenge with food in particular because we are all brought up or we all eat food and we Mm. all have these ideas about food and nutrition from different parts of our life often you know 30 years of ingrained belief around that so Mm. it can also bring up and parenting in the same way it brings up a lot of stuff mm. for us as parents ourselves right like why do I believe this thing about food or why do I think that you need to eat all of your dinner or why do I think you know anything really um and it, it takes a lot of conscious <laughs> reflection doesn't it and you know undoing sometimes yeah, and that's really like and you've even got to have like the mental capacity to do that yeah and like, there were parts of parenting early on that like I didn't have the mental capacity to do that at all like I barely made it to six o'clock so like I kind of sometimes beat myself up about those periods 
but I shouldn't because, you know, you can only do the best with what you know at that time. Absolutely. And I think you also, yeah. are, like, I hate the word journey, but it is a journey, <laughs> right? Like yeah. when you think about things you believed early on, they've mm. probably shifted quite considerably in your, you know, even mm. from week one to like six months, from six months to six years, like those things yeah. can evolve. And yeah. they don't always have to be, as you said, like right or perfect and mm. they can keep evolving and actually no damage done. Like we've decided yeah. on a new way of doing this now and that's like how we're going to do it for the moment until it doesn't work for us anymore. And then we recalibrate again if and yeah. when we need to. Yeah. So I think yeah. it applies to all parts of it, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's just life. Yeah. Um, I think maybe. I don't know. Oh, 100%. 100%. Thank you. Um, all right. I'm making her emotional. Now I'm going to get into the good stuff, the dessert. Yeah, so more <laughs> this is the bit I just was the thing I'm most interested to hear Nicole talk about because I haven't really had a chance to discuss a lot of this with her. So we've worked together for many years and faced, I would say, very similar struggles as parents and on top of that as business owners. And it's something mm-hmm. that we chat or debrief or whinge or problem solve maybe at times um, at our regular dinner catch-ups. And I think one of the biggest challenges both of us find is blending all the parts of our life. So mm. the mum part, the wife part, the boss part, the therapist part, you know, and it's not always, well, I wouldn't say it's ever easy, let alone not always easy. And in recent times, Nick, you've transitioned to working full-time in the business, which has kind of created a change for you and for your family and I'm interested in like what you have learned in that process kind of going from the stay-at-home parent to the full-time working parent and Mm. what's that kind of taught you yeah I have worked a little bit through this because I think probably not even just this year that I've been full-time but for a lot of the time, even back working before, like working for myself or owning a clinic, like back working in um, the hospital and different things, like I really, when I do something, I want to give it my all. I want to help kids. Like that's why I do what I do. But I would always find that if I focused on my work, like the home stuff would lose out and like I never felt like I could be successful at both. Um, and, you know, they couldn't have it all, like it was an all or nothing mentality and like really high expectations of myself and what I was going to achieve in both of those things. And like, you know, as soon as you start going well at work, if Will in goes through a normal developmental trajectory where his behaviour shifts, I would blame it that I was more present at work, like rather than seeing the whole picture. And so like that was really hard to work through and then when we made the change last year it was for so many reasons so like Ben and I talked about the other about like the list of reasons why we made the change and the decision the decisions went into the change like for our own mental well-beings both of us like our home life like our relationships like we get now we get more time together as a family let alone like the positive impact that my work has on other people like that was also a big part of it yeah, but I didn't really want to work full-time, but, like, if I do that, it helps so many, not just families, but also the health professionals that we work with. 
because we've so focused on building everybody up. I said to someone yesterday, like, I want to be the worst physio on the team. Like, that's my goal. And he was like, what? Why? I was like, because that means everyone's better. But it's a weird goal to have. But, like, even with all of that, there's just, like, this teeny, probably not teeny tiny, probably, like, like, a large bit of me that I just keep covering up that feels like I've let the kids down and that sometimes I've, like, failed them as a mother because I'm not there and it's like, you know, when they're like begging me not to go to work because they're like holding on to my leg, like, please just stay and play longer. And I'm like, ah. And so, you know, you just sometimes feel like I just can't, it's illogical, it's not rational. And like, I know that we do so many fun things together, but I just like it's that concept of the perfect mother myth that like, I don't know, people are like, you gotta let it go, you gotta, but it's really hard to consciously. And so just, I think, have to try and keep reflecting and doing stuff but yeah the constant feeling think- like I'm failing one of them now I can't stop crying <laughs> so, Do you sorry it's actually different though the amount that you work because I would say I have that experience working no. part-time I've had that experience when I've not been working on like purely on maternity leave if I've worked yeah. I don't know that it is actually um proportional I know and I don't know yeah like I have that feeling yeah. going out for dinner it hits harder because, like, Ben is fantastic. He does, he takes he honestly like handles the mental load of the cooking and the cleaning and the school stuff. But, like, I'm not in the school relationship, so like, if Will has like falling out with a friend, like, I feel failure because I don't know the context, or like, I can't help or I miss the basketball. Like, I took him to basketball and no one was there because it had finished and I didn't know. And like, so there's like these little things that like he's like. Mm-hmm. Like, come on, and I'm like, oh, I'm, you know, like yeah. stuffing up here. Or like, I'm, at the start of this year, I was like, oh, Ben, I've got the class list. Like, I'll do that one thing. I'll, you know, reduce your load. I'll try and be helpful. And I bought pre-primary stuff instead of year one. And so, like, he's gone to school with all the wrong stuff, and like, was super embarrassed. And I like, and so yes, I like, I've like, I've always felt that like I'm just not good enough as a mother. But like, I think. Being out of it, I I try and make an effort, but sometimes it's so isolated or it feels time constricted because I'm not home. So I'm like, okay, well I am home now, so I have to do this, even if I'm not like in the headspace or the like. Sometimes work's really tough. Like I see families that have had a really tough experience, and like I try not to absorb their emotions, but sometimes you just need to like you know, go for a walk or do some exercise or do something to, like, manage those emotions or, like, you know, managing people can be tough. They have their own things going on and you're trying to really help and support and grow them and, like, trying not to take all that on. Um, But then I go home and I'm trying to be present and I know I'm not present and, like, that sick feeling of, like, I should do better is really hard. And I know this sounds like I'm beating a lot of podcasts now. Um, Which you are. Yeah, and, like, the rationale of like I know it's not true we do so much together and we do do a lot but I just it's that um which is probably why I've been much less present in sharing my life on Instagram this year because I've been trying to be more present in the moment and leaving the phone at home because work just keeps coming all the time whether it be from social media or emails or phone calls and so like I've really stepped back from sharing and because somebody said to me like I look up to you as a parent and I'm like, I am not on social media to give parenting advice. Like, that is not my remit. That is not my scope. Like I don't, I just, I'm doing the best that I can. 
Um, and that makes me really I'm nervous because that's not my area of expertise and I would not give advice around parenting. Um, So, like, between that and trying to be more present, like, I have shared, I guess, less this year around that sort of stuff. Do you think, though, that people can look up to you as a parent, not necessarily around, like, the techniques or the strategies, but just your intent? Maybe. To be present when you can and to, you know, I think it's a tricky one. As women in this generation, I think we are eternal, like, people pleasers with unrelenting high standards, right? Like, that's how you got to this position in work. Like, it's probably served you in some ways. Do you know you are a successful person career-wise? But it's also, like, living with extraordinarily high standards and that sense of kind of guilt when you don't meet them. Like, it can be quite debilitating. And, like, I would say like this is in my conclusion, but I put you like as a guiding light in that parenting space because I do think you bring a sense of normalcy and warmth and like intent. I think you have the most beautiful intent as a parent and that is inspiring to people. Like you make a real effort to get outside, to share these messages, to spend time with your kids. I do think that is like that's why you have so many people who love you and want to see you and follow you and do all of those things. Yeah, really good read. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I wonder, like, I don't know, that I think that perfect parent thing mm. bites us every time, doesn't it? Even when logically you can be like, okay, I know I don't have to be there, you're still, mm. like, underneath it all, don't really believe that. Um, yeah, it's, it's that I understand it but I don't believe it. Yeah. And everyone says it gets easier as they get older, which I don't know if I agree with. I think it just changes. Yeah. Um, but then, like, to flip the coin, like, Ben and I have done this swap and he is now at home and he's really good at it. But, like, deep down, like, I feel this immense pressure for the business to work. And you know how hard business is at the moment. And if you look at Western Kids, it is beautiful and we're in a beautiful, but, like, it's hard. Business is yeah. hard. Um like success isn't always how you measure success. In, yeah. Like you know, success is measured different for everyone, and nobody goes into pediatrics to make money. People go into pediatrics to help people. Yeah. Like you know, if profit and purpose are nice, but um, like there's this immense pressure that it has to work because he's given up his entire career so that I can do what I love and make a difference. And like he's like, no, Nick. Like you know, there's all these other reasons. Anyway, that's just my which again right. you know, but don't believe, right? Yeah, and so. You know, and so that's like I feel lots of compassion for other parents out there that know that you know you know you know these things, but you don't believe them because it can just it's just your own narrative in your yeah, head that you just definitely work. yeah. And I think like even what you've said there gives me compassion. You know, I get frustrated with my husband when he comes home after being like away for work, particularly, and is not present when he gets back sometimes and that like infuriates me because I'm like you haven't been here you need to be present and make the most of it but like real life is hard right like it isn't just flicking a switch and you know I would do better to be more compassionate in those circumstances what's what's that role been like so when you've kind of flipped how do you go with having been the parent that is home more because I know you were still working part-time previously like how do you go with that mental load shift but that also that like 
frustration that a lot of us feel for partners who are working more or out of the home more like does that does your experience change because you've been on the other side yeah yeah I think that it has like Ben and I both now really feel that other person's shoes so like he would come home from work and exactly the same like just want to like be on his phone and zone out because like and I'd be like the baby take the baby and take the baby ten minutes well, I just need to go outside and scream, or <laughs> you know, just because they're like when you're like co-regulating for them all the time, like it builds up. You just need to like release the yeah that stress or whatever it is to release that pent up feeling. Um, and like you've had adult relationships all day, like I need to talk to somebody. And like having the switch, like we're both empathetic. Like I can feel how hard he works to keep like to know what he puts out at home, like I know what happens behind the scenes because I never have that point that he has. Um, and he's like, if you've had a hard day, just stop for half an hour and like decompress. And so like it's okay. But like, you know, that ebbs and flows, like we become less patient. You know, you're um, like patient. You, If your tank is running low, like it's harder to be like that. But like but I know that he needs me to come home and tag him for a bit and he, I do bedtime and like, all of those things. So, like, it's kind of helped in that sense of understanding each other and understanding and prioritising each other's needs, which has been really, it's a much more healthy space for us to be in. Um, but, like, it's not always perfect. Like, we're not, it's like, still alive, perfect. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's not like I come home and like, hello, I'm here. I'm still alive. Go and have a lie down, honey. I'll take this. <laughs> Yeah, and so like, and you know, like, I'll be like, I'll play this, I'll do this craft thing, and he's like, I just freaking mop the floors, and you're like putting glue everywhere, and so like, oh, sorry, like, didn't realize, like, the elf came last night and brought sand in and made a snow angel in the sand because I broke up at one a.m. thinking, shit, I got to move the elf, but I couldn't think of anything else, <laughs> and like, oh, like, I'm sorry, I was like, I'll clean it up, um, but yeah, so like, it's not perfect, but there's just a, more compassion for each other and um, understanding and that willingness to just give a little bit more if the other one's feeling a little bit low. So it's good. It's good in that respect. That's really powerful. Mm. Mm. All right. Where am I at? Mm -hmm. Okay. So I already like read my conclusion to you before, so that's going to like throw me. (laughs) Um, But I... I've got a couple of very quick fire questions to ask you at the okay. end. Maybe I'll go from them. What is the weirdest thing you have ever eaten? Um, well, when I was 16, I don't Hurry. know why. And <laughs> my mum, my mum let me backpack around Japan with a boy from my Japanese class for six, like for the just summer school holidays. And um I had lots of weird things, but we went to the sushi train. And I thought I was eating bacon on rice, but it was like raw bacon with wasabi underneath it and so I have like oh this is delicious all in the mouth like nominated all this is strange so that was probably for me the weirdest thing that I've eaten so you as a like drinking all the milk after a little bit of like Keen's mustard <laughs> I know. that's me I'm not rude with spice still <laughs> but yeah anyway my poor little taste buds aren't grown up yet it's still time you got ages mm. 
Mm. Um, and what is for dinner tonight at your house or are you unaware? Will it just be on the table when you get home? No, I am aware because Ben has been eyeing off the Gosney pizza oven, not the big, big one, but like a small portable one for ages. So he's bought one of those as his Christmas present. And so today is like our inaugural pizza night. So he spent yesterday making dough from scratch. And so we're we're pizzering so the kids will get to make their own toppings and stuff tonight. So I'm finishing work early and we're going home to make pizzas. Oh, I love that. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, Definitely not my remit, but I'm here to do my toppings. But I'll probably do the sauce in the wrong order. I get yelled at, but it's okay. <laughs> compassion, compassion. Thank you so much for being here and for being so thoughtful and vulnerable and real. I honestly think those qualities in you are well recognized by everyone around you. And mm-hmm. I do think you are a guiding light in this space. Mm-hmm. So please don't um please don't stop sharing with us all. Tell me where the people can find you if they want more. Okay. So you can find me at Western Kids Health. That's my little allied health clinic in Perth. Um or if you're on Instagram you can find me um at Nicole underscore kids physio. So that's me. That's where I share yeah, all I the to mention the baby and toddler. Oh, yeah. So um, I like Kyla has her wonderful meal times to support um, your meal times and not being stressful. Um, we have the Baby and Toddler Play Academies, which um, is heavily around connection. My ethos, and this is where Kyla and I share a lot of our philosophy, is um, ethos of connection before correction. So like what is happening and how we can focus on all the good stuff, um, especially around baby development in the early days when you know there's a lot of focus on are they rolling? Are they crawling? Or should I do this? Or should I make them crawl? Or should I teach them how to walk? And so like it's a real containing, beautiful space that's more about play and opportunity and connection. So that's my baby play academy. So yeah, come find me. You can Google it. It will be there when you Google and my bow in this camera is very interesting. Um yeah. I love it. So, yeah, so come come and find me there. And if you need any help with um, baby development, that's where I am. Here you go. Thanks, Nick. That's okay. Thank you for having me. Bye-bye. A huge thanks for tuning in and listening to my podcast. This is all brand new for me, so I'd love to hear your feedback. Give me a review or send me a DM. I'd love to hear your thoughts. And above all, I'd really love you to hit that subscribe button to keep listening. Thanks.